Welcome back to the Fangirl Forum. I'm your host, Meredith Loftus, a.k.a. your friendly neighborhood fangirl. Guys, we live in a post-Stranger Things Season 3 and post-Far-From-Home world. Nothing is the same anymore. There were tears. There was laughter. There was so much stuff happening. And there's just so, so much to talk about. And thankfully, I'm not alone to just geek out, maybe have some therapy session with. It's going to be great. Um, Joining me today, oh my gosh, she has become a near and dear friend of mine, a local patron at Scum and Villainy Cantina, but you may actually know her from her incredible uh, reviews and work on Hypable.com. Give it up for Geek Girl Diva! I do not have sound effects, so the rap air horn cannot be used, but oh, that is man. my that's my impression. So there you go. I like it. Thank you. I like it. How are you today? I am okay today. I get to talk to you, so honestly, that's always a plus. Ah, oh, you stole my heart. I get to nerd out with another fangirl. It's always good. It's, it's just such a great thing because, like, it's amazing how much, like, when you start fangirling with someone, like, they bring up something that you didn't think about before, and then you're like, oh my gosh, and then this thing, and then it just becomes like an avalanche of awesomeness. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, what do you want to start with? Stranger Things or Far From Home? Because both of them are equally equally worth talking about. I would say let's start with Stranger Things, just because there's a lot of discourse about it, and it's fresh in my head. All right, let's get into it. Stranger Things Season 3, after two years, two years waiting for this, the new season is out, and it, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was worth the wait for it. Um, Every episode was just building upon itself. It got gorier, it got creepy in some places, and then it ended with such an emotional just bomb of... Okay, if it wasn't clear enough, guys, this is going to be chock full of spoilers. So, five, four, three, two, one. Hopper dies, and then the buyers with L move to some place that we have no idea. And then that's just how we're left. And that maybe Hopper is alive. We don't really know. The Demogorgon is back. It may be more human-like. There's just a lot of things. Just so much nerd out about so what'd you think of this i think that the the season as a whole i thought was really good and i really enjoyed it i do have some criticisms okay um but that's because i really like the show and i think it's really great i think that in a way it's hit a formula Mm -hmm. because it's the now we've had three seasons of a shadowy thing in the in the depths is revealed and then child or person is possessed mm-hmm. and possession gets worse over time and monster is revealed and 11 saves the day mm-hmm. so in that regard um and it's the same in one form or another it's the same monster mm-hmm. so i think the only thing that's that for me it's like stranger things like i want a new strange thing Gotcha. If that makes sense. Yeah, um, it makes it's sense. Not, it's not to say that, you know, this is not a scary creature. It is. Um, and I think that, but I think that in a way, it, it, the show has that, it, it 
it has a formula that I don't think it had ever intended to have. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see them break from that. Yeah. Um, you know, if there's a season four, I would really love to see season four just, I mean, especially if Joyce and especially if Joyce and, and everybody's moved away, I'd love to, to have some new weird thing go on wherever they are. Mm-hmm. You know, to know that this isn't something that that, that kind of like the X Files or, or other shows. You know, that the idea is that these things go on all over the place, but that but that people just write them off mm-hmm. as you know, just people going crazy or you know, spree killer, you know, whatever. Because that's how the whole Hawkins thing would have been explained. It, it would be you know, spree killer takes out blah 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 or yeah. you know serial killer stalks hawkins indiana so that's my own personal thing i think emotionally i think it was very strong mm-hmm. i loved l and max getting to be friends oh i was so excited gosh. by the female friendship in this yes and they did it so well because like one of the things I had issue with in season two was when they first met, Elle was still like, oh, you were around Mike, so, like, I don't really like you. So yes. the fact that they, like, took that and, like, made them actual, like, friends. And I just saw myself and some of, like, my friends growing up and seeing them that just felt just so authentic and real as opposed to, like, we're friends now and you know just like the typical stuff that you see so i i really really loved that yeah i thought their friendship was great and i thought that um it was so nice to see um and especially just because that was the thing like when they talk about kids going to the mall it's not like you just went to the mall you went to the mall with your friends Mm -hmm. and you went so that you could like look at other people and you could you know try on clothes and like you felt because the mall was one of those things where your parents would let you go Mm -hmm. because a you're with your friends but b you were still in public so it wasn't like you were off playing somewhere where there weren't adults and you didn't have the safety of feeling like you could go somewhere and hang out. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like you could get in. You couldn't get it. it was, there wasn't a danger to it. We weren't. We were as a kid from the. We were not aware of stranger danger in that regard. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So we all just went, hung out, and you know we didn't think about it. Mm-hmm. And so that is that idea that you go and it's like a playground, but it's also somewhere that, you know, your parents, you'd, you'd go, you'd be like, can we go to the mall yet? You'd go at like nine o'clock and you'd be home at like seven, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> you're yeah. gone all day. So I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, and I, and so, yeah, but obviously, I mean, the, the, you know, the, what did you love about it and what, cause there's a lot to break down. Yeah. Um, man, where to begin? I, I, as much as uh, most of the internet is concerned, I really loved the Scoops Troop, uh, the friendship between Steve, Dustin, Erica, and Robin. I just thought they played off of each other very well, uh, and they were, like, at first I was really frustrated because I'm like, Dustin's not a part of the party anymore, he's just chilling with Steve, I'm glad they're hanging out, but, like, he should really be with the kids again. But then, like, once they added, like, Erica to the mix, I was like, all right, I'm cool with this. They're they're fantastic together. Well, I love that they gave – that 
I love Robin because Robin's the person in the middle of this who A is the audience of that person who's like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. What are you, dude? Dude, you know, but then she gets sucked in with the whole like decoding thing. And like, so it is that idea that there's always a skeptic, but that the skeptic themselves in this situation gets pulled in mm-hmm. and is enjoying the mystery the same way. Uh-huh. Um, and that also by having her there and by her working with Dustin, it, it sort of gives them, it, it. I think in a way, Dustin's always been that kid who's not quite. The same as the other boys, you know, they pick on him a little, even though, cause you know, he's a little bit different yeah. and I think that him being, I think he's a little more adult mm-hmm. in the way he looks at stuff. So I thought it was nice to put him with the older kids yeah. and he's interacting with them, you know, just fine. Mm-hmm. There's no, you know, cause we all know that kid. We all, either we were, we were that kid or we knew that kid Oh yeah, who was younger you know, and we hung out, either we hung out with some older kids who actually treated us like we were normal. Yeah. You know, or, or we did the same in return. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. And I'm so glad, I personally am so glad that Susie paid off. Oh my gosh. Yes. I was so glad. I was so, so worried. I was like, this is just going to be a joke and like, we're, it's never going to come back up again. But how they wrapped that into the finale was just chef's kiss. Yes. So good. Because you know it's the whole my girlfriend in Canada thing. And you're just like, oh, no, Dustin, no. And I was fully convinced that, yes, it's real, it's real, it's real. Mm-hmm. But then we didn't talk to her for so long that I was like, oh, no. Yeah. So the payoff was amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk about Hopper. Okay. So I loved Hopper this season. My other favorite thing, I love Joyce and Hopper. I ship Jopper like hardcore. hardcore. So when I had a full season of that, I was like, yes, give it to me. I need this. And it's kind of nice that like he, yeah, he is with just her figuring out this thing. And, but I saw, yes, a lot of criticism online about him just being so angry the whole season and like what was real like why were we buying into this guy and like I don't know what did you what did you think about all of that I think that Hopper Hopper for me made total sense as a character given the situation he's in given what's going on um and especially because there's a lot of conversation like right now about toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. and the thing is is that Characters in movies and television, if every character we watch is perfect, then there's no point to me in watching. Um, There were a lot of people I know who were upset about the ad that came out, which basically made Billy look like a sex god, you know, with the whole – and the people were upset. Don't get me started on that. And Billy is a – Billy is a bad dude. Let's just go. Let's just go. Oh yeah. Let's just be honest, okay? He's a bad dude. He's he's abusive. He's a jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can understand why people were in the concept of why are we? Why are we? What's the word I'm like? Ah, I can't. Word gone. <laughs> but why are we basically making him look attractive? Mm. And in 
my mind, I'm like, yeah, he looks attractive because he's no. These women don't know what a jerk he is. Mm-hmm. We're sexualizing him because they're sexualizing him. Mm-hmm. But also, if you watch the show, <laughs> you're very aware that Billy kind of guess what you know. There, there's a comeuppance there. And the one thing is, is is that I think there's a lot of people talking about redemption and it's like, no, you know what, knowing where someone came from, knowing what happened to a person, knowing why they became the person they became, doesn't necessarily mean you have to immediately decide they're okay as a person and that Mm -hmm. you don't, you have to like them. Mm -hmm. It just means you have to, you you at least have an answer because there are plenty Mm -hmm. of people in the world who've been abused, who've Mm -hmm. been, you know, and they don't, and they don't turn around and hurt other people. So it's not like saying, well, it's okay because bad things happen to Mm -hmm. you, but to say, oh, that's okay. It's giving perspective to a situation, but it leaves you still to make a judgment from there anyways, like doesn't necessarily mean like you went through all this trauma growing up. That doesn't necessarily make it okay that you're that being a douchebag to uh, these kids and like just being an overall like jerk, you know? So I was never on the Billy train. <laughs> um, yeah. When those ads were coming out of that scene of him walking out for his uh, shift as a lifeguard, I would get so mad. I'm like, these moms know better. Come on. Like, ah, it frustrated me so much. And yet, see, but the thing is, is that it so happens. It so happens, yeah. you know? And when you realize, like, Billy's 18. So, you know, I mean, well, it's a little, yeah, but come on. It's not like women have not ever lusted <laughs> After a hot eighteen-year-old boy, you know what yeah. I mean. And the thing is, is that it is that that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of allegories to the concept of what's showing up on the top on the surface and mm. what's going on underneath. Oh, for sure. And Billy's story is very much within that same, you know, that same perspective. So, mm. um, I thought that. And I think it's interesting because, you know, they played with certain things. And here's the biggest complaint I have about Hopper, I will say, because I love Hopper. Um, Twofold. One, when Mike, when Mike talked back to him, I have to tell you, look, I know that these days you're not allowed to smack your kids. I get it. But, oh, man, if I spoke to an adult that way when I was a kid, if it was my parent, I'd have been on the floor. If it was an adult who wasn't my parent... My parent would have heard about it, and yeah. then I'd be on the floor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Like, no there way. would be discipline involved no matter what. Like, you just – you don't get to do that. Like, yeah. he – Mike needs to, learn, needs to learn some respect, and, I mean, scaring him the way he did, fine. I thought – I'm not gonna lie. I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie, because that's the thing is that 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 was kind of how you did it. Yeah, if you didn't want to hit a kid, because you know you know that's what. But you make sure they learn. Yeah, and in a way, that's what it was. And people may not like it. And look, nobody's saying that the parenting skills. I mean, we we certainly raise our children different than we did in the 1800s, the mm-hmm. 1900s, and now in the odds. You know, it's there's. There's 
there's just different societal things that go on. And I remember just being like, the minute he opened his mouth, I was like, oh, like, <laughs> I physically just, I audibly gasped because I was like, you did not. Oh, you did. <laughs> um, and then the, the concept of, but by the same token, a friend of mine, uh, Donna Dickens made an excellent point, which is there are some flaws with Hopper, mm-hmm. which come down to the writing. Because here's the problem. How long has it been since we met Elle? She still doesn't speak in full sentences. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know where Illinois is. Yeah. This kid isn't getting an education. So if she can't go to school, why isn't she getting homeschooled? Mm-hmm. So there are some weird things that make him look like he's not the best dad. But the problem is, is I think that the Duplass brothers get real caught up in like, their main characters they kind of forget certain things mm-hmm. so i also think in certain cases if you think there's stuff that's wrong with hopper it's like yeah but that's the writing that's not you know yeah you can't like fully chalk it up to just like the character and how they're being portrayed because at the end of the day they're actors they get a script they got to work with what they got and yeah like we as fans like we're going to analyze and judge every little thing that comes across our way and so like when the plot holes do come up like why yeah why isn't Elle's English a little bit better or like Hopper should know this by now or something you know like yeah. other like and that's the thing like well, doesn't he let her out of the house he doesn't want to let her out of the house you know the, the, the kid like the thing with his daughter came up Mm-hmm. It just came up a little later in the thing. And so, yeah. unfortunately, he was angry for a lot of the season. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I think that in a way, they knew they were going to pay it off in the last episode. But oh, I yeah. think for some people, some people are frustrated that somehow at least a little of that didn't come out mm-hmm. sooner. Yeah. Um, I'm 100% there for the romantic tension and all the banter between him and Joyce. I love, um, I, I loved it, and I thought it was so great because seriously, it's just like um, the idea that you know, yeah, why don't you two just do it already? I mean, it was moonlighting 2.0, so it was so great. Um, hearts off to Alexi. Ah, oh, Alexi coming in as like an just out of nowhere MVP, <laughs> like yet. Yeah. The other day was 7-Eleven day, so people were getting cherry uh, slushies for Alexi. For Alexi! I love that that's... Look, to me, that's the beauty of, of stuff like this. You get an actor who comes in and just just gets a role and, and does everything they can with it to make it... Hold on. And now, of course, I'm, I'm totally forgetting his name. The actor's name or the... No, not... No, uh, yeah, yeah, Murray? Yeah, yeah. Melman? No. Murray? Murray? Murray. Yeah. Yes. I love what they did with Murray. Mm-hmm. To get that, to, to get that whole thing, the love that he was, the Russian, the whole thing. I'm like, you, this is so great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the characters themselves, the storylines, I think, I, I can't, I think there's a lot, a lot of good things about it. Mm-hmm. I think it's good that a lot of people have thoughts about it. I hope, though, that 
what I would love to see, and I think it's one of the things that people might be frustrated with, whether it's about Hopper or whether mm-hmm. it's about the relationships or how things are done, is the problem. I mean, like, Mike was a little snot this whole season. I mean... I've been getting off of the Mike bandwagon a little bit since season two because he was just so angsty and just, like, he frustrated me a lot in season two. And so in season three, still continuing to carry over of, like, he's, like, not the best kid. He's, like, there are no perfect characters or anything, but he's one of them that, like, I can easily get annoyed with if he does something, you know? Well, and I think it's that idea that, Here's the thing. You know why Eleven is the way Eleven is. Mm-hmm. You know why Will is the way Will is. By the way, talk about somebody who absolutely had a growth spurt. My God. Yes. He's a tree. I crazy. love Noah Schnapp. Please, season four, let's update that bowl cut. That's oh, all God. I ask. Let's update the bowl cut. And while we're at it, could we please stop straightening Finn Wolfhart's hair? Yes. Oh. So, yeah, I mean, the, the shirts they put these, but I'm like, look, I knew boys that age, too, and guess what? Even they, they were like, when they started going through their awkward phases, they were like, could we not? I mean, yeah. <laughs> put them in a pair of jeans, for God's sake. Just let them, when you're all leg, it's not like you're not totally, just because you're a nerd doesn't mean, mean like, no. Huh. <laughs> you're completely, you know, um. Which, no, Schnapp, by the way, he's still one of the underrated actors on that show because he is so good. Well, he's also really, I mean, I've seen him in real life. He's so charming and he's so smart (laughs) and he's, he's this traumatized kid. And again, here's the other thing, which I think when you talk about the writing, the, the guy, think about what he's been through. And, like, he's just trying to get back to D&D. He's just yeah. trying to get back to something that looks like normal. And the other boys are like, meh. And I'm like, D- does it, hello, gentlemen, does it not occur to you that this guy, like, this guy went through some, sh- went through some shit. Like, could yeah. we please, like, eh. then again, it all, you know. Yeah, like, he, he was robbed of part of his childhood for a solid, like, year year and a half of his life so why why would the guys just assume like he's just trying to reclaim that missed time you know that he gets to be a normal kid but they're teenagers and now they're off like dealing with girlfriends and well, and i think it's interesting that they worked with that that he's the one who still he's like ew girls like he's not interested yeah. And I think it's interesting because I know there's been some conversation about that. I'd love to, I haven't really heard a lot about it. And mm-hmm. I don't know if, to me, his whole non interest in anything that looks like attraction to anybody, mm-hmm. I think it has to do with that year and a half to two years of, of kind of, in a way, he's been held back. Yeah. On a social scale. Um, I don't know if that's going to translate into him, him, not being interested in girls, mm-hmm. you know, and, and maybe being interested in guys. Um, but right now it felt much more like a, like a, he's not, he's not even, that's not even in his brain right now. Like yeah. girls have cooties and that's icky and I don't want to talk about sex, and blah, you know, yeah. so that's, I, that's how it translated for me too when I saw that ha- unfold and then when I saw the stuff online of like 
oh my gosh, does he, does this mean he's gay? I'm like, no, like he could be like when we come back in season four time passed and like he is now more caught up in exploring, exploring his emotions or his sexual attractions or whatever that would be interesting but yeah I think in that moment it was very much of like he's trying to cling on to what's left of his childhood and then for Mike to just bust down the door and be like and then when he goes when when Will goes home and destroys Castle Byers that was one of the most heartbreaking scenes I watched because of how much it meant to him and the story behind it and what it what it meant to him in season one, especially like, ah, just a plus, a plus stuff. Yeah, so I think that I think that there's a lot there. I, you know, honestly, as much as I love the binging model because it's you know you get it, you can watch it. You know, there's a little bit of. When you can devour something in a, in, in a day, mm-hmm. you know, if you're really committed, I think you lose a little bit of that having a week to process what it is you just watched. Yeah. And maybe watching it again, you know, really looking at the details and then having a week to discuss it with your friends and mm-hmm. everybody's sort of – so I think that in the case of Stranger Things, while it's – well – I'm glad it's available for streaming because so many people do want to just get in and devour it. Um, I think there's there's some value in that making sure you're taking the time to really watch the episodes mm-hmm. and stopping to think about them and look at them. I think if if I would be really interested to know how somebody view how somebody would view it in a in a binging model versus a week to week. Yeah. Um because I think that there's there are nuances that get would get caught and discussed in a different way if there was more time. Yeah. You know. Um, but also, I really like being able to just like, oh, another one, another one, another one, another one. You know. I mean, so. that was my Fourth of July plan. You know, an earthquake happened, and I was sitting, I was sitting in my bed watching Stranger Things, and I was like, whoa, Netflix got the four D, uh, got the four D budget. Cool, let's do it. Um, which that was insane. Um, I want to start like wrapping this up. I yeah. want to give a special shout out. There is this one scene that I think is really underrated. And it, this usually happens, or it has been happening since season two, is the Jonathan-Nancy storyline uh, has always been, like, kind of pushed to the side. It's not as exciting, but I always still really enjoy it. I really love the scene between Nancy and her mom after she gets fired from her internship. And the scene that they had between the two of them was just such a powerful, like, Mrs. Wheeler, I was already mad at her for, like, even indulging and, like, having this crush on Billy. But, like, being a mom in the way that she was in season one to her daughter was just so powerful to me. And I feel like it's an underrated scene, so I have to, like, shout it out. Like, it was so good, and I felt like it brought back some of the heart of the Wheeler family dynamic that I feel like was lacking in season two. It's also... I'm glad that they went through that with Nancy and had some of the the workplace stuff. Um, what's interesting is, is I think a lot of people who watch that would think that it's exaggerated. Mm-hmm. 
and having been around that time, I can just like, nope, not exaggerated. That that's what it was like, you know. So, um, when people talk about you know casual sexism, it's like, yeah, those, mm-hmm, you know, <laughs> Nancy Drew. I mean, it just it's just little things. But I thought, and I love that. Yeah, her mom taking that time to be like, look. And that's how, that's how, you know, moms are. They're like, look, it's going to happen. You're going to have to deal with it. And yet you can do it. You can do anything. I believe in you. And that's, so you're you're the fighter. And like, and the fact that Nancy was able to say that back to her mom, like I learned it from you with, I thought that was pretty, that was pretty sweet. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, I think that Mrs. Wheeler doesn't, you know, to, we, we've seen her in one light and to remember that this is a woman who has her own life and does her own thing. And, and mm-hmm. that I like that in the sense that she made a choice, she chose her family, that she realized like, mm-hmm. no, you know what, whatever this is, however fulfilled I think I am or I'm not, mm-hmm. this makes me, this is, this is my center. This is my center of gravity and I'm not going to blow it up. Yeah. Which I thought was cool. I think there's, I think there's some good connections to family. I hope that, I really hope that. I was so glad that Joyce wasn't like totally crazy this season in yes. the sense of, like, I'm like, she didn't turn her house into something. I was so excited. Yes, thank goodness. <laughs> like, but it, then, but then when I was watching the pack up the buyer's house, I'm like, oh my gosh, the Christmas lights, all the papers that used to be on the walls, and. I got really like nostalgic for that and missing that, but oh, and now okay, now that Elle is living with the buyers, the one thing I was really hoping for because I know how big it is outside of the show, Millie Bobby Brown and Noah Schnapp are best friends. Yes. And I wanted them to work more together this season. Cause I because of their connection to the upside down, I feel like they could have like and she's in season two, she's like, where's Will? Like, she has that connection to him. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for some brother-sister bonding in season four with them because yeah. they're all they got, you know? Um, and I just think they're adorable, so. Yeah, no, I hope that that happens, too. So, yeah, so quickly, I so a couple years ago, it was mentioned that Duffer Brothers had initially planned that season four was going to be their final season, which mm-hmm. I'm still hoping is true because I don't want this show to go on too long and lose its wonder and magic and flavor, you know? Um, so if season four is the last season what what are you hoping to see out of it or what what approach do you hope they take in it i guess i don't know i hope that they first of all i hope that they stop making l the only person who really can like i can we stop with the nosebleeds showing effort please well, she doesn't have her powers anymore. Like, but I'm saying, I, I would like to stop the concept of nose. It's just oh, it's yeah. so it's such a weird trope. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the idea that she doesn't have her her powers, and when they, you know, if they come back, when they come back, how they come back, mm-hmm. whatever that is. But I hope that part of it is that they've this thing 
several times and it keeps coming back. And there's, there's, because they're always working at separate locations, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Think about it. They're always split up working from different places and And different, but even still, they don't come together in the same place. Yeah. Like whether it's Hopper and Joyce being one place and somebody else, the idea that they keep, they keep, beating it they've they've won the battle but not the war Mm -hmm. and so is it the final is the final kind of fight really the fight where they stop splitting up and just everybody at once on the same playing field you know bonded together with all of their skills and all of their abilities and i hope i hope will ends up with some sort of nascent ability based on what happened to him yeah which might be interesting because Will and and Elle are going to be together. That that is something that might kind of foster between them. Mm-hmm. Maybe while he's trying to help her with her powers, if that shows up in him, maybe a, a bit of what got left behind. Yeah, that would be interesting. Um, but ultimately, yes, I would like to see them actually kick the dang things ass and dead and mm-hmm. done and none of that at the last minute. Is it still no? I mm-hmm. want it gone. I yes. want to know that this thing is done, mm-hmm. and that's just me because I I like when the good guys win. Mm-hmm. You know, I want a wedding. I do. Want to have Joyce to get married, and I want everybody to be happy and to be able to go get USS butterscotches and scoops ahoy, and and happy endings for everybody. That's what I want. I I couldn't agree more with that. I you know I'm a sucker for a good happy ending, and if this is the last season, there has to be some finality to it. I don't think Hopper is gone, so yes, end it with like the Jopper wedding of my dreams. You know, yes, I need yeah. it. I can't wait for that L Hopper reunion scene. Like I will, cause like his heart to heart message to her, like her, when 11 realized that Hopper died, that broke me in a way I wasn't even expecting. Cause we didn't get as much of them together in this season, but like you felt it for her. And so I'm ready. Like I cannot wait for that reunion. And, um, yeah, I don't want anybody being added to this family at this point. Like, all of them, including Erica and Robin now in the mix, like, all of them together. Yeah. And, like, doing the thing. And, you know, even if that also means, like, Soviets that are involved or whatever. But, like, let's just defeat the Upside Down forever or destroy. Like, I don't know what they would do. But I would feel like the Upside Down would not only need to, like, close all the gates, but would also maybe be destroyed altogether. I think Hopper's in the Upside Down. Yeah. I don't think the American that they mentioned is Hopper. Mm. There's somebody else in that cage. Who do you think it is? I don't know. I don't know. Do you think it's Brenner? It might be Brenner. I've heard heard thoughts that it's Brenner. Um, I think it's somebody and I hope I don't think it's Hopper I know there are some people that think it's him I think he's in the upside down I think mm-hmm. he got sucked into the thing or 
Goldberg jumped at the last minute mm-hmm. because at least he figures if he's there, they can get him out. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but, yeah. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to it, but I also, I really hope that they 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 tie it up with a nice big red bow as a present to everybody watching. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Here's your happy people. Yeah. Because I think we've all earned it. I think I think these people have been traumatized enough. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because you only take so much in life before you're just like, give me something good. Uh, and from one traumatizing uh, season to a traumatizing ending of Spider-Man Far From Home. Let's talk about this movie. It is the end of the Infinity Saga. Phase three is done. We are in limbo now. I thought this was an incredible Spider-Man movie. I wasn't expecting to love this movie the way that I did. And um, I have, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on it, but I'd love to hear your first initial thoughts. Like, what did you think when you went to the screening, you saw it, and you knew you knew the secrets of everything. Like, how is that like holding on to that for yourself before everybody else knew? I actually, here's the thing. I'm fine with a lot of that stuff. I'm just, maybe I'm weird. Um, knowing things before other people, I know they're going to find out. Mm -hmm. I know they're going to see it. And I know if I open my mouth and say something, then I'm ruining that experience for Mm them. Um, I mean the, the, the Mysterio thing alone the reveal there alone, like I wouldn't take that away from anybody. Yeah. Because I think that's just so great. And, and yeah, by the way, please. Yeah. Spoilers for real. Cause yeah. Um, I think that I thought the movie was a lot of fun. Um, I had a blast. I thought it was, I thought it was smart. I thought it was funny. I thought it was, I mean, Tom Holland, Tom Holland is such a gift, um, and especially is. to the Marvel, especially to the Marvel universe. I think as a whole, because of everybody in the Avengers, of everybody in the Marvel universe, he really is the most naturally talented emotional actor. I mean, it just—it's it, not that. I mean. Robert Downey Jr. and you know he's amazing and you know there's so many actors here with chops there's no doubt but Tom Holland the second he just his little face opens up and he gets vulnerable and it's just like oh you know when he cries the world cries yes and because he's so vulnerable um and I love that they that they have allowed him to really be that vulnerable kid mm-hmm. to really feel the things he feels. Um, the fact that they've that they've embraced that honest vulnerability in him. That Peter Parker really is just a kid who's trying to do his best. Yeah, and I love that that has maintained. They could very easily, especially with the Avengers, you know, they could very easily make him Tony Stark 2.0 as far as a snark machine and mm-hmm. the tech thing and all of that. But they keep him grounded in that open-heartedness and that 
and that and that authenticity. So I think it works exceptionally well. Um, watching him against Nick Fury, I mean, is just oh. like. It's great. It's so good. They yeah. just work so well together. Like he's able to keep up with them. Like there is such a, uh, I love their dynamic between the two of them. But then it also changes for me because once you find out in the post credit scene that it wasn't even Nick Fury to begin with, it was Talos. Like the thing about that though, which was so great, oh, was the whole so movie. Good. I'm like. What is up with Nick Fury? Like I was. I'm like, what is going on here? I don't. What? You know, like some part of me was like, eh, no. Yeah. Like I was ever since Captain Marvel came out, the idea of like, okay, we're probably gonna find out that there is an Avenger or somebody that we've known for forever that they've been a scroll this whole time, and then you watch Captain Marvel and they're like, nope, that doesn't happen. End game. Nope, no one's a scroll. So, like, I knew there were some weird things here and there when Nick Fury said, like, he's not from your world. I was like, huh, wait a second. So, and there's just, like, small things here and there. The Captain Marvel thing. We don't speak Dude, her name. Don't, don't speak her name. Like, that was so good. Like, yeah. don't invoke her. Ah, because, like. Do not invoke her. But, yeah. So, when the switch happens, you're like. Oh, there we go. Let's, yes, finally. And I thought that was great. Um, and I think what's really cool is, is the other post-credit sequence. The thing I love about that is it's so open to interpretation. You have no idea. You're like, ah, what's coming? I don't know. You know, it's great. It's yeah. that idea that you just, whatever they've got planned, we're all like, huh? We're all in for the ride now because, like, everything up and up to now, there is no guarantee of, like, what's on the slate, what's in phase four. But now it seems like the possibilities are truly endless yeah. with that ending of, like, we're still in space. The, the scrolls are still around. Nick Fury's doing something, and he's looking yep. for his shoes. So uh, we can go anywhere at this point but then like i care about what's happening on earth because mysterio's team outed peter parker like if you miss that mid-credit scene spider-man far from home is a different movie because it ends on a good note he's swinging through new york he's got mj as his girlfriend life is good but if you miss that scene like, that's all you get, which is still a good movie. You watch a great thing unfold, but that, that was the, oh, shoot, everything changes here, and I need to know that Peter Parker's going to be okay. Yep. I think that uh, I'm, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen to the character. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, I mean, I don't know what the, you know, but the idea of what's going on with Sony, what's going on with Marvel, where mm-hmm. it's going to go, if, you know, how mm-hmm. that's going to happen. Um, I thought that the, I really loved, I loved how they dealt with the snap. Yes. Um, I thought that the whole opening was really clever. I mean, starting um, with just hearing Whitney Houston saying, I was like, yep, 
let's do this. Yeah, but I thought it was really clever. I will say that I personally, as clever as it was, as smart as it was, as funny as it was, I would have liked to have seen our heroes get a little more respect. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's just me. That's but they're me. high schoolers, though. That's, I know. That's the no. one thing I chalk it up to is, like, oh, the cheesy high schoolers, they don't. No, no, no. That's just me. That was a personal little, mm-hmm. like, I, I, I just, I'm still, I'm still salty about Natasha. So oh, yeah. that's part of it too. You know what I mean? I hear you. I'm still salty about Natasha. Um, I think there is true intention behind why we're not talking about Natasha as much. And I think that will come into play with her movie that's totally in production right now that is still considered off the record. Like this movie may or may not be happening. We all know it's it's happening. happening. So I think like. It's going to be a prequel though. Yeah. You know, which is, I'm um, okay. But, look, I'm just, I just personally, I would love to see, I'm, I'm looking forward to whatever happens with her. I, like I said, it's just me. I'm salty. Mm-hmm. I would like her to have as many memorials, if not more. Mm-hmm. Um, like to maybe I, see one in like, you know, how they got off the plane at Venice and there was like a thing of Tony Stark. Like if yes. it was just like her if it was black widow or vision like just like a montage going through i feel like that exactly. would have played a little bit better exactly and i think that's the only thing i would say that uh but i think that i think that jake gyllenhaal stole the movie i think he just it was a total heist he took it and ran with it and and the whole movie just it works and it works i love the villain as a villain Mm-hmm. I think it was perfect. Yeah. Because we're coming off Thanos. Mm-hmm. We're coming off this all-powerful, supernatural being. And for it to be this guy. Yeah. I think was so great because it just it's it's in a way it's so much more realistic mm-hmm. and and you start to really look at the world around you and go huh <laughs> it makes you question everything like and the fact that I mean I knew about who Mysterio like was based on the comic books so I was like all right I know this guy deals with like illusions and he's like it's all a show but when they were like, oh, multiverse, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dang it, they're going to say that the one on Earth is the good guy. Or like, this one's the good one. And then this other one's going to show up and be the bad one. But the fact that he is just a disgruntled employee taking yes. out his revenge with a bunch of other disgruntled employees with their tech was so great. Like, I thought the scene in the bar oh, was like the, the bar. perfect level of camp that has to go along with that because he like Jake Gyllenhaal got to from there on out he got to be like crazy like Jake Gyllenhaal that I enjoy he's like the intensity about him but he's like he just got to like chew it up and just how they brought back Peter Billingsley which was of all of the Iron Man parallels which there were so many to have that one was like extra icing on the cake. Like, yes, let's bring back this employee who was yelled at by Jeff Bridges. Like, yeah. 
And I think that's a, I think that that's the thing. I think there was a lot of love put into it. But I love that. I love the idea that in the end, this this hero who turns out to be the villain, and that the villain is really just a disgruntled employee. Like, how great is that? Yeah. That that Tony Stark, in the end, created a villain. He's created more than one villain now, when you really think about it. But oh, yeah. I love that it, in the end, it is that idea that that the that superheroes don't exist, mm-hmm. but disgruntled assholes with access to tech do. <laughs> yeah, and they have and, damage. And like, I think Quentin's last line of saying like people are going to believe whatever at this point and they need something to believe in and that they can all like after the scene between Spider-Man and Mysterio in Berlin, where he gets hit by the train, everything from that point forward, I was like, I don't trust anything I'm seeing. Like it's scary to be able to look around and think like there could be tech out there that is warping with our reality. And I think that is a great allegory to like our world today, honestly. And well, I thought I think, it was yeah, clever. I mean, the message in this movie was, it was a, a bright red neon blinking sign. Mm-hmm. I mean, the idea, you know, that, that, especially when you look at it from the point of view of how things are in you know, the, the government mm-hmm. and the world at large and how, you know, that the things are controlled, you know, by images and they're controlled by spin and they're controlled. But that, that's, you know, the idea that you're just like, yeah, the world is what I say it is. Mm-hmm. The world is what, you know, what we what we tell you it is. Mm-hmm. And the idea that there are a number of people already that are like, yep. Um, so, yeah, I think, but I think the movie, the movie was cute. I'm so glad we got that, that Zendaya got more to do. Yes. Oh, she was and I so love her. Good. I love that she's so deadpan, but she also gets to be vulnerable. Um, and she's so like, she's awkward and like shy too. And that's just a side I haven't seen of hers that like, she and Tom Holland, like chemistry. I love it. Oh, so great. <laughs> I love it. And I love how she's just, she's just, it's so great. Um, I think that, I think that, um, yeah, I mean, to me, the movie was a lot, a lot of fun. I had some small nitpicks, but overall, Mm -hmm. I thought it was, you know, a really good time. Um, I think that it did a lot. I think that, that it'll be interesting to watch again on home video especially Mm -hmm. to go behind the scenes and start to see what they put in there that you know there's a lot of little things that go on Mm -hmm. um i'm sure there's a lot of easter eggs for people that you know especially if you're not like a hardcore marvel fan Mm -hmm. that you may not get and that you know once they're pointed out you'll be like oh wow that's so cool yeah like honestly the other day john watts he posted this picture of Jake Gyllenhaal in this Hawaiian shirt and turns out he was in a scene in Venice and he was just in the background just chilling there like as you were like looking at Tom Holland and I was just like oh shoot now I can't wait to go back and watch that scene and like pick him out like ah there he was getting ready for this Hydro-Man illusion or whatever so like I yeah I, I think this is a good movie to like 
be able to go back and be like, ooh, all the Easter eggs, here they are. And um, which I do every time I watch Into the Spider-Verse. I always discover something new. I loved, by the way, I loved the, spy, the, the whole multiverse thing. I mean, the fact that that got brought up. And like, the multiverse? And part of me was like, didn't you know already? We knew this. How come you didn't know this? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, you were chilling um, with Doctor Strange for all that time. Did he not bring up the fact that the multiverse exists? Like, we all knew that, but... But see, the thing is, the nice thing is, is that Into the Spider-Verse really did open up some stuff because it opened up the concept of the multiverse. You know, somebody, somebody speaking of uh, Stranger Things and, um, and uh, Spider-Man, somebody pointed out a dream casting um, with Maya Hawk as, yes. uh, as Spider-Gwen. And I was like, oh, like Make how cool would that happen. be? I think that would be so killer. Um, you know, the fact that we could get Spider-Man with, you know, Miles Morales and mm-hmm. Peter Parker and, and Spider-Gwen. And just, like, how cool would that be? Um, it opens up a lot of possibilities. And I hope that, I hope that, I think that it's great that it does that. I think the nicest thing about the Spider-Man movies in comparison to so many of the other Marvel movies, which I uh, door mm-hmm. don't get me wrong but the spider-man movies are probably the most fun you get to have mm-hmm. you know they're, they're they're definitely the most like kind of like when you just want to go and have a good time i think the spider-man movies are great for that i would also add on to that the ant-man movies because <gasps> those are just like right the spider-man movies the ant-man movies the movies that are a little bit more on the outside of the yeah. You know, but I, I think that's, could you, I would love a movie where they team up Spider-Man and Ant-Man. Ah, yes. Tell Paul me this Rudd would not Tom be. Holland. I mean, Paul Rudd and Tom Holland together. It'd be so great. I mean, like, just put those two together and like, let them go. I'm still waiting for the day that like, they have Louise from Ant-Man recap all of the mcu with lipta oh my gosh like i'm still waiting for that it, that should have been a promo for Endgame. that's it would have been avatar if it had that in my personal opinion but whatever um uh i i adore far from home i think it's great and i really love just the arc of the infinity saga and how it started with iron man and ended with this movie because like he did lose his mentor like that was the uncle ben moment and like seeing him seeing peter deal with that or try to deal with his grief is it just felt real and palpable of like the scene like i think the best scene in the movie was between him and happy on the jet like that was some a-class caliber work there on Tom Holland's front of just like the look on his face and just how broken he is and like how hurt he was because he opened himself up to this guy who could even potentially be his new mentor in a way. Mm-hmm. And then he messed with him and he's so hurt and broken by it and he just really misses Tony and like I felt it and I was just like, I miss him too. And then back and back, back and black plays, and I'm like, ah! Oh, they started yeah. the MCU with this, and they're ending the 
this but oh i loved it um, <laughs> i have a pin i now have a pin that says uh the arc reactor that says proof that tony stark has a heart and uh i like clenched it when back in black started playing i'm like i am this fan right now i don't care <laughs> I think that that's great, though. I think that that's and that's one of the things I think that makes the whole the whole Marvel the whole MCU so interesting is that it 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 touches back on things and it and it it loves to play with those connections. And if you're and if you're in the pocket with it, it's just an added experience. It's yeah. not something that's it's not something that's there as like. It's not something that if you miss it, you're missing something big. Mm-hmm. It's just a nice little addition that you know you can you can you could see Spider-Man Far From Home, not a scene Iron Man, mm-hmm. and still that moment would be fun. But yeah. to have that connection, if you've seen the whole saga, then you're like, oh, it's like the you know, it's, it's that like kind of it's the cherry on top that like it doesn't make or break the Sunday. But man, is that an extra little extra little cherry that just yes. wraps up even more. And then I also love that Iron Man ended with himself saying who he was. Iconic line, obviously. But for the Infinity Saga to end, that, like, Peter Parker was outed and not on his own terms, I thought was pretty smart. And, like, because he was the only one holding on to that secret identity and just wanting to be a kid and that's why, like, we cared about, like, oh, my gosh, he just wants to be a kid. He is a kid. He doesn't need to be out in the world because they're the other Avengers, they're adults, like, right. and they're not really hiding who they are. But, like, he's got ramifications now as a kid, like, oh, you're Spider-Man? You're just a kid? Oh, we can maybe take you out. And it it just opens the door for what they'll do for Spider-Man 3. And, like, supposedly John Watts has said that a villain that he'd love to have in Spider-Man 3 is Kraven, who is is a hunter, basically. And so, like, if you want to find Spider-Man, get this guy who can track him down for you. And I think that would be a really cool movie. But I don't know what's going to happen. I love that we had... Look, see, we just did this whole movie, and now we have... All this extra time now to speculate about new things. Ah, all right. What do you think? So next week is Comic-Con, and Marvel is, has a Hall H panel. It's an hour and an hour and a half, I believe. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get phase fours, essentially. Like, we're going to hear what they have in store, and I'm so excited to just – Ah, get all of the news. What what do you think are like the expected ones we're gonna hear? Like that's what's coming. Slash, what are some like what are some off the beaten off the beaten trail? Do you think like we'll get like the surprise? Oh, and then there's this one that's coming too. Like what, oh, do, you, see, what do you think is gonna now happen? You're putting me into, now you're putting me into speculative territory. And Which I love yeah. speculating. So. I'm not as up to speed on this stuff because um, you know I know the Eternals is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, what else have they announced? Uh, obviously the Black Widow mm-hmm. thing. Um, but I don't know what else they've 
announced. I would, I hope, I mean, I don't know what they're, they're going to have to, obviously, I mean, if the, the way that we've, I've heard it described by Kevin Feige is that Captain Marvel is going to be the centerpiece mm-hmm. for this new phase, which I'm sure is going to thrill a certain oh, yeah. demographic. Um, and I think that, so I think the question will be, how that kind of works. Um, I mean, some of the, the thing is, is it also depends on when these things are going to come out because on top of which there's the TV. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think that they're going to, depending on the Loki series, I think we'll see another Loki movie because it's not like he isn't out there running around now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I, I don't, I really don't know. Um, so you tell me. All right. You know this stuff better than I do. Okay, I don't know about I know this stuff better, but, like, I feel like there are definitely a few, like, give-me's that, like, we can expect. You know, obviously Black Widow's being shot right now. The Eternals, they're doing casting, which there's a rumor that Millie Bobby Brown is also in the Eternals. So let's bring in Stranger Things and the MCU and multiverse it up. Um, I'm so excited about the idea of Keanu Reeves in the MCU. I can't yes. Let's just let Keanu be in everything. everything. <laughs> um, I think that we should, we could expect a Doctor Strange 2, a Black Panther 2, a Captain Marvel 2, Spider-Man 3, and of course, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, I just feel like those are... Those are expected. Those are going to be coming. Like, and I know at least with Black Panther two, it's all it's totally up to Ryan Coogler's schedule because they won't make it without him. So I don't know how if he shifted things around for this. Like, I guess we'll find out next week. Um, but I would love for my unexpected announcement to be. I personally want an Ant-Man 3. I don't think it's going to happen, but I want it. Yep. Um, and, of course, I would love for them to announce that they are going to give the Fantastic Four another go. They've got the Fox property now. Let's just do it. Like, X-Men, it's too fresh. It's been since, what, 2015 when Stick came out? Let's just give the Marvel touch onto this property. And since we're going cosmic, because we've got Captain Marvel, we have all this stuff in outer space, let's just get the Fantastic Four in there and let's introduce Galactus as the next big bad and, like, everyone lose their minds. I would, you know what? I think that that's a lot of movies. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. That is, like, a, a phase movies. in of itself. That's, like, a new... Uh, Phase four, uh, or that's like phase four and potentially phase five of Marvel. Yeah, they're right talking there. about a Marvel movie at least one to two every year. Yeah. So, I mean, that was the schedule that got released. You know, they had like untitled Marvel movie, untitled Star Wars movie, yeah. untitled whatever. I'm like, yeah, y'all, Disney's going crazy. Oh, yeah, um, Disney's going. Bonkers and I think there. that, yeah, I, I really hope. I mean, the fact that they're opening it up and the concept of, you know, the space, the space aspect. And I think that when you get Captain Marvel um, and you're opening up, you know, more of that. Uh, I love that there's a reset on Gamora. Yes. 
Thank you for the reset on that romance. All right. Okay. I will say I'm one of, I personally like Peter and Gamora together. I feel like Peter Quill gets a lot of hate, but he actually is a really good character. Especially in the Guardians movies, I don't think he was well portrayed in Infinity War and Endgame. No, I think that I really like, I like Peter Quill. I think that the original Guardians of the Galaxy, Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty flawless. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that that Chris Pratt was perfect. Um, I think that as things went on, unfortunately, I don't know whether it was, maybe it was because of Infinity War and Endgame, if it was the writing Mm -hmm. or if it was, but there's something about he slid into a territory that just got obnoxious yeah um and so i think part of the there's nothing to say that that romance can't come back yeah but i like the reset because i like the idea of gamora you know gamora started in a lot of ways as i don't want to say broken Mm -hmm. but wounded do you know what I'm saying? That, yeah. that there's that I like the idea of her being somebody who the whole Thanos question is done. So now she gets to kind of, you know, be created on her own on her own terms, which I think will be a really um, more interesting idea. Yeah. Um, and I'm uh, I'll be interested to see how they integrate Thor. Yes. And that's the thing is is this whole the whole thing between Thor and Peter Quill like I was like this is getting I'm a little bored yeah um so I would I want to see how they, those two basically work their stuff out like I'd like yeah. the two of them to get their you know work their stuff out check your egos at the door one of you's good at this one of you's good at that stop it <laughs> and and let's you know that joke that joke is a one note joke I'd like yeah. to see that joke move on. Yeah. Um, and I think Chris Pratt, um, I think Chris Pratt does very well under James Gunn. Yes. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Mm-hmm. And with James Gunn back, like, I think that was going to be my, the big thing over Guardians 3 for me is, like, would it have the same, would, would the actors who have been given their A game for James Gunn for two movies, would they bring it for this next person, you know? Yes. And now that he's back, it's like, all right, I'm getting that third Guardians movie. And if Thor is still with them, I think that would be a really fun dynamic and look like maybe like trying to track down Gamora as she's like on her own, I guess, maybe causing some mayhem. But one movie I just forgot about that could be announced and it would make a billion dollars, like, opening weekend. Hear me out. Okay. Because the Fox Fox has been acquired by uh, Disney. Right. Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe. One-off movie. There's Deadpool. Bring back every MCU actor to have cameos. And it's fourth wall breaking. Like, wait, where did you come from? And... Oh, didn't you die? Oh, you were hanging out with Cable. And, like, have that movie happen. Just be a one-off. Has nothing to do with the MCU. Boom. Billion dollars. 
I think that there. I think that the Fox acquisition is going to be interesting. I think. I mean, putting aside all of the things that, honestly, you know, there's drama involved with this acquisition, whether people oh, want to accept sure. it or not. A lot of people lost their jobs, um, and and Disney has acquired a, a great deal of power. Yes. Um, in this in this acquisition, um, which means they have a lot of power over what does and doesn't get made in the X Men you know, and, and Marvel universes and other comic universes that, that Fox held rights to. So it'll be, I think there's, there's some, it is going to be interesting to see what they choose to, to bring forward and what they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, uh, but the good news is, is that it opens up a lot of possibilities, which is also interesting. Yeah. Um, and I think that Marvel has been, much more the thing i'm looking forward to most with marvel is that um even though it's disney and then you know it's disney marvel um and certainly i think what it does i think there's a sentence here i'm trying to find it give me a second it's all good it's all good uh marvel itself as a production house has been much better about diversity Mm -hmm. much better about the, the diversity in their direction, in their writing, in their production, in the films they choose to do, in their casting, than, say, 20th Century Fox was. Yeah. Um, Dark Phoenix being an incredibly good example. Yes. Um, and the fact that, you know, Simon Kinberg directed that as opposed to if they, you know, what would have happened if it had been within the Marvel umbrella, mm-hmm. you know, and if that, that had been there. So I think the idea that what we may end up seeing is as this as this new phase goes on, we'll continue to see more diversity in casting, more diversity in direction, more diversity in stories being told, yes. which I think will open things up even more. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, to me, is the most exciting thing, that if you do get, a, you know, whether it's a new Fantastic Four or whether they go and, you know, pick up another property that, that – you know it's not just going to be another cardboard cutout comic book movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going. There's going to be some a new kind of more interesting kind of take on it. So yeah. I think that's ultimately what I'm excited for is that there's a lot. Um, there's a lot to me. The tapestry is much richer in in kind of what you're going to get to watch. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think Marvel has proven themselves over the years. And even, like, have been upfront and honest about the ways that they have been, like, they have fallen short, but they have, like, made up for it, and or not made up for it, they've improved upon what they do as far as, like, their commitment to that diversity, to how stories are told and, like, what they want for them, what their directors to do is to have that creative ability to tell the story like yes get it to this point so it can connect here but like how you get there like I trust your like vision for it and so that is really exciting that like they they can announce like okay we're gonna we're gonna reboot Fantastic Four but like how they're casting and who they get attached to it as far as directors, DPs, um, even like the composers behind it, it gets me excited of like, right. yeah, what they are able 
because like each Marvel movie, like there it there can be a Marvel formula, but I feel like each one of them has their own unique flavor. That it's not just like the same story being told over Especially and over again. Especially in Phase Three. Phase Three, I think, was a huge jump. Yes. It's, and and I think it's paid off for them. I mean, when you look at it, Ragnarok and Black Panther, mm-hmm. you know, and and even Captain Marvel, like the the fact that they've gone to these that they've gone in and worked with, you know, female directors and directors of color and they've gotten, you know, these these casts that are different and and more diverse. I think that what it does is it really does open things up mm-hmm. new perspectives which you know you're you know to me one of the best things about thor ragnarok was it was like no other marvel movie we'd seen and you know to to get something where you're genuinely like you have no idea what's coming it's mm-hmm. great it was fantastic it's actually one of the marvel movies i go back and rewatch more often than i care to say and it's one of my favorite scores because Mark Mothersbaugh just like dives in deep to that 80 cent and it's like metal and it's so good. And the use of the, uh, I can well, see, speak praises. It's just the for idea that Mark Mothersbaugh was the composer is like, it's so know, bizarre, but it works. It's great. Right. It's great. And it touches back. I think it's funny. It touches back to the idea of like Danny Elfman doing, remember when Danny Elfman did like the, the his first Batman thing and you yeah. were like, wait, what? wait, what? And yet it was so perfect. It was so perfect. So, yeah, I think that, I think that Marvel has shown a much more open mind and really it's the one thing that I wish that the Star Wars movies would, you know, guys, you're you're doing okay in front of the camera now. Let's get some you know, and so mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to the Mandalorian in that regard because I know we're going to get yes. some fresh dude. I I have I can't wait for Taika Waititi to take on the Mandalorian, oh. him in the Star Wars universe. Yes, oh my! How mind. weird is that episode going to be? Or how does it like? Maybe it gets really like dark and deep or something. I'd be like, I don't know, but it's exciting. Yeah. And then even like Bryce Dallas Howard getting behind. Uh, and the director's chair as well for that, I think is going to be really cool and yeah. interesting. And I, I yeah, I think, yeah, definitely Star Wars has some ways to go, but like what they're doing with the Mandalorian and I feel like what's coming in the future is TV seeing what Marvel's the Star Wars doing, TV they're like, universe. okay, let's, Sorry. let's try this out. Yeah. I think the Star Wars TV universe is there, is there kind of, experimental phase i mean mm-hmm. as far as what we know what's coming for the movies right now we know you know it's it's benioff and weiss and I, mm-hmm. well, we will let okay but anyway but I'm, I'm looking forward to more experimental stuff in the tv mm-hmm. realm i'm so excited for uh dave filoni to direct yes. live action i can't even tell you but we're supposed to be talking about marvel and stranger <laughs> no Thing, it's uh, fine like we're just about wrapped up, but that's kind of like the excitement that we have towards the future as far as with Marvel in particular and their successes have been, they've been noticed by every studio in the industry. It's like, you're doing something very unique and specific, but yet we can all take note of it because of like the way you're doing it and who's behind the cameras, who is being cast and like the stories that you're choosing to tell within a superhero movie. Like that, 
like they are right now they're like they're at the top of their game that I think even Lucasfilm is trying to like get back to that place and I think they're able to and I like what they've been doing but like as far as home runs phase three has been an entire home like they've been knocking it out of the park with every single movie which is like I didn't think that they could do it like they redeemed Thor Dark World for me in Endgame, and I never thought that was possible. <laughs> right? How, like, it just, uh, it's incredible. And so, like, especially with Episode Nine, like, if they can redeem the prequels for me even more so, like, in this, like, how they're tying up the entire Skywalker saga, then yes, I'm here for it. Let's do it. And I think that they, I think they've got the creative people to do it, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I could sit and talk about this with you for hours and we probably will very soon, but thank you so much, so much for doing this with me. Um, where, where can people find you? Uh, how can people read your reviews? Please plug yourself. Pretty much. If you're looking for me, I'm geek girl diva on, on any sort of social media at which point, um, if I, I have bio information to my website, which tells you wherever I'm writing. Um, if you're looking for me, uh, that's pretty much it. I, I, I tweet a lot. Good luck. Um, <laughs> um, I, I write for a number of sites. Um, but yeah, if you're looking for me, that's the best place to find me. And then from there, you know, you can always just ask me. Um, I will I've been include, doing this too long. My name's everywhere. I will totally put all of that information in the bio. Guys, thanks for listening. I hope you have a fantastic day. You see what I did there. Bye, guys.